This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have our usual market look at what happened in grain markets this week. Despite uncertainty brought on by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, wheat fell $0.07 a bushel for the week, while canola gained $12 a tonne. CFA Second Vice President Todd Lewis discusses the Russian invasion of Ukraine and possible impact on markets. Protein Industries Canada launches a program to measure environmental sustainability of farming. A new farm-to-fork business opens in Emerald Park, east of Regina. It's called Farmer John's. And a reminder about the extension to the Saskatchewan Farm and Ranch Water Development Program. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain markets were mixed this week, despite some market uncertainty with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says wheat fell $0.07 a bushel for the week, while canola gained $12 per metric tonne. Well, Jim, I'm sure as you can bet, there was a lot of volatility in the markets this week with the escalating Russia and Ukraine tensions. So on the week, May canola, which is the more actively traded month now with the March coming off the board here soon, increased approximately $12 a ton this week, again, being a short week with Monday being the holiday. However, we were up actually substantially more at one point. Today, we're down $29.5 a ton here mid-morning at 1022 but yesterday's high was actually 1092.20, so quite a large spike and sell-off there. On the Minneapolis wheat front, a similar story as well, too, uh, except actually Minneapolis wheat on the May contract is down about $0.07 cents for the week. So today we're down approximately $0.59 cents here a bushel, sitting at 961 Yesterday, we actually did reach a high of just over 1062 and again, sold off substantially here throughout the day yesterday and today. So definitely quite a bit of potentially a reversal in some of these grains right now. So the changes, again, the what do you see the main reasons for that? Well, there's a few different things. The biggest thing for wheat is traders are going to monitor the ebbs and flows of the Black Sea situation because really that is the largest export hub for wheat. So some indications are showing that Russia is willing to negotiate, kind of has helped you know, this market on the grain side go lower and actually the stock market go higher. Whether that's going to really produce any positive results. Uh, History isn't maybe showing that it won't, but uh, the Black Sea region is by far, again, the largest hub. And with the many terminals closed, that's kind of going to be the main thing to watch. Now, what I'm going to be looking at as well, too, if conditions do start to ease, traders, I don't think, are going to be very confident um, that 
international buyers are going to still come come back into the market here. And the U.S. dollar had a sharp rally as well, too. Um, so I can actually see, you know, again, I'm watching some technical levels for this wheat market that if we do stay around that $10 on the May, I think that's going to be a, a good selling area still for producers. So where do we go from here? What's the outlook next week and beyond? Well, I think, again, next week and following weeks are just going to be watching the situation in, in Russia and Ukraine, really. And these grains are going to be quite volatile. I know, for example, again, I think I mentioned this last week, that a lot of producers were looking for that $25 bushel canola. Well, um, I did hear of it did get there at some point. However, it didn't stay there for very long. And it seems that for the soy markets, we could be having a bit of a, again, a key reversal that a top might be in place. Soybeans down 50 cents a bushel here. Soybean oil down uh, $2. Canola did actually push higher with palm oil reaching new all-time highs. But some, again, the markets have a tendency to peak when uncertainty level peaks as well, too. So the Black Sea region is a major exporter of vegetable oils as well with wheat and corn. But it seems that these markets, there's going to be definitely a profit-taking kind of where we are right now. Adam Piccalo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial. A Saskatchewan farm leader is worried about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Canadian Federation of Agriculture Second Vice President Todd Lewis of Gray says there may be some long-term economic impact from the invasion, but he's particularly worried about the people in Ukraine. Well, I think first and foremost, you know, for producers uh, in Saskatchewan, for sure, really Western Canada and, and, you know, moving across the country as well, is that uh, just concern about the people of uh, Ukraine and, and, uh, you know, so many good, you know, huge connections in uh, the farming community here in Saskatchewan with uh, Ukrainians and, uh, you know, a lot of people have uh, Ukrainian history in their past and, and uh, you know, even relations and, and so on in Ukraine. So lots of concern over that and, uh, and uh, you know, really watching, uh, you know, the concept of a war in Europe is, a, is a something we certainly, uh, you know, that's something our grandfathers dealt with, not certainly not uh, even our fathers and, and certainly not uh, the current generation. So it's a, uh, it's a difficult time and a uh, very lot of unknowns. And I think some of the volatility we're going to see, uh, we're saw in the grain markets here the last couple of days. And, and uh, it's uh, long-term impacts are going to be interesting, you know, as we see Russia, Russia, uh, you know, isolated economically and, and how that'll affect uh, the, you know, things like the grain trade and, and even shipping pattern, patterns in Canada, you know, most of our grain currently goes to the West coast. Uh, will we end up supplying uh more more food to Europe, and if that's if that's uh, the case, then uh, you know ports like Thunder Bay and uh, Lakehead and the Gulf of St. Lawrence, uh, you know, could could have a, an increased importance, uh, you know, going forward. So, so it's a very volatile volatile time now, and uh, certainly lots of concern about uh, what's going on on the ground in Europe right now. Yeah, as you say, a lot of volatility and uncertainty, and what could happen with grain markets? Well, I think the markets where we've seen uh, up and downs and. Uh, 
you know, it's a it's an unusual time in, with the grain markets anyway, and that just further adds to some of the uncertainty around them. And, you know, I think the concept of, uh, you know, seeing acres chased at this late date is, as far as seeding plans and all those kind of things, I don't think we're going to see much change as far as the crops that are planted, you know, into the seeding. But, boy, when you look at an area like the Ukraine and such a huge area, and uh, if they're in a state of war through the next several months, uh, you know, their planting season and uh, could could be just disrupted quite seriously. And, uh, you know, that's a huge amount of grain that won't be in the world market. And with the laws of supply and demand, uh, it's, it's certainly going to support prices, but it, nobody's really looking at it as a big opportunity that I've, that I've talked to anyway. They're, they're all very concerned just about the volatility and uncertainty with what uh, Russia's doing right now. Todd Lewis is the second vice president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture and past president of APAS. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca A new direct farm-to-fork business is opening in Emerald Park, east of Regina, next week. The owner of Farmer John's, Audra Hill, says consumers can buy locally grown farm-fresh products next week. Farmer John's is a locally sourced farm-to-fork grocery store in Emerald Park, Saskatchewan. So we're featuring all locally sourced produce, meat, other grocery items curated in our province. And we also have a professional chef that works in our kitchen who prepares take-and-go meals with these products to help educate the consumer on how they can cook, you know, a great set of lamb chops or, you know, some of those great cuts of beef that we have available to us. Why sell local farm produce? Well, I grew up um, in the agriculture community, born and raised with cattle and grain. And if there's anything better, it's the people of Saskatchewan. Um, I honestly most days have to pinch myself because the people bringing in their amazing product um, are so proud of what they've done. But they've also ensured that the quality and the safety of their products is top of mind. And so people don't realize that they go to a farmer's market and sometimes they're scared about what they're buying. So this is giving them really an avenue to ensure we're following all Canada Food Inspection Agency guidelines and that the products that they're receiving are all safe products to eat. How wide an area do you buy products from, from farmers? Well, right now we're sourcing within about 300 kilometres. We do have some amazing produce being grown in our province right now. So I have lettuce coming to me tomorrow from about two hours away, organically grown in a greenhouse. Um, and I'm going to have fresh cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers also brought to me here within the next couple of weeks. Outline a few other products you'll be offering. That's interesting. Yeah, we have some amazing canned goods um, produced in commercial kitchens. These ladies have been, pro- have been producing great recipes for the last 20 years. Again, all Canada Food Inspection Agency inspections have been done. Um, but they're so proud of the garden vegetables they grow and they're able to put it in beautiful salsas. My favorite is a cowboy candy. It's a candied jalapeno um, and pickled eggs, of course, some of everybody's favorites. So how do farmers benefit? How do consumers benefit? So I work with the farmers really closely on their pricing and their packaging. And really, it's ultimately about education to the producer, too, on what guidelines they need to follow. And then also about what the producers want to see. And they want to see that ingredient label on the packaging. And they want to see, you know, when the package was produced. For the consumer, gosh, grocery prices have just gone through the roof. Quality of produce is so, so bad right now. It's taking us six weeks to get ahead of lettuce. And I know that these grocery stores, when that product arrives, is just not in great shape. 
So our consumers are so excited for us to open and that they can get their hands on this fresh, like great grown produce. And the meat, of course, we know exactly where it's grown. Uh, our beef is grass-fed. It's, you know, this producer has been growing cattle in the Southie region for a long time, and they're quite proud of what they do. So I know it's a safe product. The quality is consistent, and uh, our consumers are going to be really happy about these products that they're able to buy. How's the price comparison? So that's a great question. Um, we're actually able to not only compete, but on most circumstances, we're able to beat the supermarket prices. So we are becoming also an egg grading station. So we're able to sell farm fresh eggs. And it shocks me that people, you know, are charged $6 at the supermarket for eggs. And we're able to provide a far superior product and at a lower price. And the same thing goes with our beef products. You're going to be surprised with the prices we're able to provide you. How does someone contact you? They can go to our website. That's a great place to go see our story at www.farmerjohns.ca. Audra Hill is the owner of Farmer John's, a new farm-to-fork business grocery store opening in Emerald Park, east of Regina, next week. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your Real Agriculture Update. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation, along with Real Agriculture, invite you to join us for a webinar on conservation easements on Thursday, March 3rd at 7 p.m. Central. Find out more and register for the webinar at realagriculture.com slash SSGF. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio with the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation. So what is the, the purpose of a conservation easement? Like, what does it attempt to achieve? So a conservation easement, like, it, it was coming, it came into government underneath a provincial act, and, uh, you know, it, it came into being in the mid-1990s, and, uh, uh, it was set up to preserve, uh, you know, lands that are really important for environmental reasons, for conservation, and, and ensure that they, they stay that way, you know, for, you know, a long time. Um, so they want to re- retain the, 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 the attributes of good habitat and, and, you know, biological significance and a whole bunch of, you know, good environmental reasons. So. Okay, so Tom, all that makes sense. Why, like... For a lot of the, the ranching audience, they probably think, okay, I'm doing that. Why do I need an easement to, to, to prove that? Yeah, in most cases, you know, lots of guys that will continue to ranch, will, will continue to, to conserve the grasslands and retain it, you know, as native grasslands. Yep, by all means, they, for the most part, they'll do that. Uh, the, the question comes up is when this land gets sold, uh, when the land transfers to a next generation, uh, you know, that's when there's a decision making that needs to go on, whether the land is, is retained at that point in time. As long as the guys are, are ranching and, and, and keeping cattle on the land, uh, you know, for the most part, these lands won't get broken up. And, and Tom, who, who would I be, assi- like, who am I giving an easement to? How, how does this work? Particularly, there's a, a number of agencies in Saskatchewan that are uh, recognized by the Minister of Environment that can hold a conservation easement, and, and the Saskatchewan Stockworks Foundation is one of them. We just we just got that recognition about two years ago, 
the other major land trusts in Saskatchewan are probably the Nature Conservancy of Canada and Ducks Unlimited of Canada, uh, Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation. Those are probably the three main players. But there's, there's I think, a list of about 12 or 13 that can hold easements and government can hold easements. So there, there's two easements that are, I well, and maybe there's more, but you can fill us in there. But I'm familiar with there's term easements and then there's yeah. perpetual. Now, perpetual is is forever and in term, obviously, is a defined set of years. So are there any other differences between the two? Not not really. Um, you know, the, like the act itself allows for both. It allows, uh, you know, a perpetual easement to be signed and it allows for uh, a term easement for a specific length of time. You know, the thing is now is that no term easements have ever been signed in the province. Like the existing land trusts that are in the province right now are, uh, they're focused on perpetual type easements. And, and I can completely understand why it takes a lot of money, a lot of time to get one into place. So they want it in place forever. However, uh, you know, over the last five or six years, we've been talking to ranchers, and there's there's not a lot of appetite for for producers to actually sign conservation easements. Uh, it you know it, it doesn't make a lot of financial sense, and they're worried about loss of control. They're worried that you know they like they're going to have some of their rights taken away or or something like that. There's a, there's a lot of perceptions around that. So you know the producers that we did talk to. You know, said, well, you know, if it was only for like a, a generation, you know, like I, I believe in it, I'll do it, but you know, I don't want to hamstring my kids. So, you know, we that's where we started looking at this, and and we said, okay, well, there's maybe an appetite for that kind of uh, program. So when we say you know, so generations, we're we're talking about maybe like a twenty to thirty year term lease. Is is that kind of the the wheelhouse we're talking about then? Yeah, exactly. You know, like we battered around the numbers and at the board level, and uh, the number 25 years comes out a lot. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation is a new land trust that will be offering term conservation easements, which are legally binding agreements that are tied to the land title and can be used to restrict the breaking of native grasslands in southwest Saskatchewan. CEs in perpetuity are not new, but term CEs have never been implemented before. To learn more, join us for a video launch webinar and discussion on conservation easements on March 3rd at 8 p.m. Central. To register, visit realagriculture.com SSGF. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, light snow ending this afternoon, then partly cloudy with 30% chance of light snow, wind southwest 20. The high today, minus 8, the low minus 14. Wind chill minus 18 tonight, minus 23 overnight. Saturday, increasing cloudiness, 30% chance of light snow in the afternoon, wind northwest 20. 
The high minus 5 tomorrow, the low minus 12. Sunday, cloudy, the high minus 7, with some evening snow, the low minus 10. Monday, cloudy, the high minus 4, the low minus 8. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 5, the low minus 13. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 6, the low minus 14. Thursday, partly cloudy, with a high of minus 7. Normal high for this date, minus 5. The normal low is minus 16. The sun rose at 7.51 this morning. It sets at 6.32 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is Loon Lake at minus 5. The cold spot, Yorkton, minus 22. And in uh, the roundup, Estevan is minus 18. Saskatoon, minus 11. Swift Current, minus 10. Weyburn and Yorkton, both minus 19. Regina has clear skies, and it's minus 18. That's one below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south-southeast at 9, giving a wind chill right now of minus 25. Humidity is 78%. The barometer dropping, 102.8. Sunny and Moose Jaw, minus 11. Winds are from the south-southwest at 11. Once again, Regina, clear skies. It's minus 1 Fahrenheit. That's 18, minus 18 Celsius. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Regina-based Protein Industries Canada has launched a program to measure environmental sustainability of farming. CEO Bill Gruel says the $626,000 project includes more than 75 organizations spanning the Canadian food system. One of the things we're trying to do with this, Jim, is measure the sustainability of uh, Canada's agri-food sector at the crop level, at the ingredient level, at the food product level, across all commodities. So that would be livestock, it would be, uh, it would be pulse crops and canola. You know, more and more consumers are interested in things like the carbon footprint, the water usage, how the food choices that they're making affect the environment. And so we really want to be able to measure that and prove to consumers on a global basis that we are producing the most sustainable food in the world. Why is this important? Yeah, this, this is really critical because more and more consumers are choosing products that they feel have a less of an impact on the environment or they want to make sure that food was produced in a sustainable way and they might define sustainability as environmental sustainability they might be thinking about workers rights farm workers rights and in canada we've got a great story to tell about all the things that we're doing to ensure that the food products and the commodities that we're selling are highly sustainable so it's really important to make sure that we are delivering not only what consumers want, but making sure that our farmers are getting paid for that on the other end. So how do you go about measuring the environmental sustainability of farming? Yeah, it, it, it's a big question, and that's why we had to bring so many partners into the conversation. And so it's uh, the next stage of this project is to look at what are the different parameters that we have to measure, so things like overall fertilizer usage and crop protection products, measuring all of those inputs and just coming up with a way of better telling the story to consumers about the sustainability. And, and so not an easy question. That's why we had to make this investment and bring, you know, 80 partners across the value chain to try to answer the question of 
exactly what does it mean to be sustainable, how do we measure that, and how do we prove to consumers that we are meeting those sustainability measures. So that's really the crux of the project. And what is the cost of this project? Yeah, the total investment that we're making today along with our partners is about $660,000. So, you know, in terms of some of the projects we've invested at Protein Industries Canada, not a large investment, but a really important one. I think the thing that's really important here is less about the dollars and more about all the partners that have come together. We've got 80 organizations participating in the development of this project, everything from Pulse Canada, the Global Institute for Food Security, Farm Credit Canada, Crop Life, some livestock uh, organizations, the Fisheries Council of Canada. It's, it's really looking at the total agriculture production systems and measuring the sustainability of it. When you talk about consumer concerns about environmental sustainability, are you talking just in Canada or other places in the world? No, this, this, is, this is global. And, and I think what, what is at the heart of this is not everybody understands how sustainable and how environmentally friendly agricultural production is in Canada. And so, you know, people in, in our own province, in, in Western Canada, in Canada, are removed from the day-to-day farming operations. They don't understand it. As you draw a bigger circle uh, globally, people don't really understand how food is produced and they're starting to ask questions. And so for us to be able to answer those questions with good data, good information, and a cooperation across the value chain will be really important. I just would emphasize that this is a really great collaboration across the whole of the agri-food sector, not just plant-based, but also Uh, livestock production as well. Bill Gruel is the CEO of Regina-based Protein Industries Canada. This segment is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com The Saskatchewan government is reminding farmers there is an extension to the farm and ranch water infrastructure program deadline. Bryn Jones is a program specialist with the Agriculture Regional Office in Prince Albert and explains the latest deadlines. Previously, the Government of Saskatchewan announced changes to temporarily increase the maximum funding a livestock producer can receive from the Farm and Ranch Water Infrastructure Program for dugouts, wells and pipelines. For the period April 1, 2021 to March 31, 2022, the maximum rebate for livestock producers only increased to $150,000. The first $50,000 is based on a 50-50 cost share and the remaining $100,000 is a 70-30 government producer cost share. Along with the drought conditions experienced in 2021, producers also found it difficult to source materials and contractors to construct their water development projects. Due to these circumstances, the governments have adapted the Farm and Ranch Water Infrastructure Program to allow livestock producers who plan to claim over $50,000 in rebates to submit a preliminary application by March 31, 2022 to complete their projects and submit for rebate by September 30, 2022. The preliminary application form as well as the rebate application form can be found on our website. For more information on this and other related topics, please contact your local Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture Regional Office. Bryn Jones is with Saskatchewan Agriculture. Market update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. 
proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were showing downward movement. Viterra prices for canola fell $20 at 9.4022. One red spring wheat went down 14.16 at 4.2604. The rest unchanged. Durham 5.5116. Feed barley 3.7737. Flax 9.7653. Lentils 8.5980. Oats 5.0153. Yellow peas 6.3232. Feed wheat 2.6165. Minneapolis March spring wheat saw a decline of 58 and three-quarter cents at 971 and a quarter cent a bushel. The Livestock Quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. Lighter run on offer here in Moose Jaw this week with the cold and the road conditions. Cow market maybe two to three bucks lower here this week. So along with the big bulls, not enough feeder cattle around to cope. But this futures board, it's kind of like the stock market right now. It's bouncing all around. Good cows, 87 to 94. Medium cows, 78 to 86. The good bulls are bringing a dollar five to 18. 1400 expected for our Tuesday, March 1st pre-sort. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest pork prices, 223.08 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The National Farmers Union has renewed a call on the federal government to investigate farm fertilizer pricing. President Katie Ward told the Commons Agriculture Committee last week fertilizer companies are charging exorbitant prices. She wants the Agriculture Committee to investigate all the factors behind fertilizer prices. Ward says the fertilizer companies blame high prices on supply chain issues but are making windfall profits. She says Nutrien, Canada's largest fertilizer producer, reports fourth quarter net earnings nearly four times higher than a year ago. CF Industries, the second largest producer, reports fourth quarter net earnings nearly eight times higher than a year ago. Yara International, also with significant Canadian production capacity, is also posting higher net returns. The NFU says when farmers face supply chain issues, their incomes go down, not up. The NFU says there is profiteering due to lack of competition in the fertilizer business. On the markets, the TSX is up 238 points to 20,999. The Dow has risen 701 points to 33,924. Oil is down a dollar forty-seven to ninety-one thirty-four per barrel. The Canadian dollar has risen forty-seven one hundredths of a cent at seventy-eight point four seven cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.